0: From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. When you need to know what's going on around the world, stay with Weekends with Jason Olborn on today's News Talk, TNT. Welcome
1: back to the third hour of today's Weekends with Jason Olborn here on TNT Radio. Well, the question really is, can we stop the treaty? And who better to talk to us about that than none other than James Roguski. Anyone watching or listening to TNT Radio knows that James is doing the work of many people, a true champion for the cause, and he's here to bring us a number of different details about what's going on, what you can do, what you can do to get involved and to be up to date and informed. And hopefully we can get a little bit of good news about what's really going on. And as you know, James is a researcher, he's an author and activist who in March 2022 uncovered documents regarding proposed amendments to the international health regulations and was instrumental in raising awareness about them, which resulted in the amendments being rejected. James is now doing everything possible to expose WHO's hidden agenda behind their proposed pandemic treaty, as well as the WHO's ongoing attempts to amend the international health regulations without following due process. His website, jamesroguski.substack.com. James, welcome back to Weekends and TNT.
0: Well, thank you very much for having me. And, you know, we might not need to stop the treaty and the amendments because they are doing an awfully good job of making a mess of it all by themselves. So, um, while that isn't, you know, reason to um, stop pushing against them, there is only less than three months before the World Health Assembly meets on May 27th, 2024, goes from May 27th to June 1st. Um, There's a lot to talk about. Where do you want to start? Well, last time we spoke, we were talking about a couple of hiccups there that look like that this
1: may not happen. Can, perhaps we should um, uh, just bring people up to speed. Will they get to vote on it? What have they done to manipulate, if that's the case, to be able to get this vote? Or will it? Will they miss the deadline altogether?
0: Well, honestly, they've already missed one deadline. Um, to partition what we're talking about, um, hopefully people are aware that they're doing two separate negotiations at the same time. They're interrelated, but they are distinct. They're different, different material, um, different timelines, different rules. And so um, I'll talk about one thing first, which are the proposed amendments to the international health regulations. Now you mentioned at the beginning, and it's confusing. So bear with me i'm going to try to give the quick rundown um way back in december of 2021 the relatively low income nations were unhappy if you can believe this but at the time you got to think about what was going on back in 2021 they were unhappy that the wealthier nations had hogged up the contracts for all of the jabs and the remdesivir and everything else And so they called for a second session of the World Health Assembly. And the declaration that came out of that was that the nations wanted the WHO to oversee negotiations to ensure equitable access to pandemic-related products. They wanted more drugs and more jabs because at the time, many people believed that, that was the answer, the solution to ending the pandemic. Very shortly after that, the Biden administration submitted amendments that put in more requirements for the poor nations to do surveillance for pathogens, but there wasn't any money or there wasn't anything in it for them. And it really didn't have anything to do with me. They got a chance to look at what was being presented and They kicked it to the curb before the May assembly in 2022 ever started. That's not likely to happen this time because the deadline for the next round of of amendments, which we're going to be talking about a little bit, has already passed. They are obligated under Article 55 of the International Health Regulations to propose, in their words, a package of amendments in alignment with article 55, which says they have to do so by January 27th. Well, that's more than a month in the, in the past. Where are the final version of the amendments that are going to be considered in May? They should not be allowed to even discuss and consider adopting amendments because they're supposed to have presented them four months in advance. Now, They've been conspiring to cheat ever since October. When they let everybody know they did say, Hey, we're not going to meet our deadline. And they just don't seem to care, you know, rules for thee, but not for them. And, and so they had meetings the first week of February, they have a special meeting scheduled for next Friday, um, March 8th, where they're going to be talking about equity and equity in financial terms means money. That's what's holding up these negotiations. They had a a almost four hour meeting last Friday. Got me up from midnight till four in the morning here in California to watch them. But it was worth it because they spent an hour and a half arguing about, well, do we put the money in the amendments? Do we put the money in the treaty? Do we put the money in a, a third, you know, fund somewhere they're arguing over money, big surprise. And so they have a meeting um, in on March 8th to specifically talk about equity. We don't know if it's going to be made public or not. And then they have another week of meetings in April. And the suspicion is, you know, we're not going to get to see the final version um, until they drop it on the table and try to do like Nancy Pelosi very famously did with Obamacare. She said, oh, just vote for it. You can see it after we pass it. Well, I just recently published an article where the United States Office of Global Affairs has asked for public comment. And they didn't specify that it was only for people in the United States, they just gave an email address that anyone can send uh, comments to. And so I encourage everyone to go to my Substack and see the latest article. And you have time, they're taking comments until mid-April And I encourage everyone, you know, learn what is really going on and give them your strongest possible comments about both of these negotiations, the amendments and the Internet, the the new agreement. But here's the trick. They want us to comment on something that they won't let us see.
1: This is the point, isn't it? It's the uh, complete lack of transparency that can only lead you down one way and say if you're not going to show us, then clearly you're hiding something from us, and yet at the same time there seems to be this, this lack of uh, interest or scrutiny from official channels that are asking these big questions or not asking any questions of the the WHO. What, therefore, is your expectation that they might try and get up to in this period in late May?
0: Well, my expectations are always to expect the unexpected, and there's usually, you know, a plot twist at the end. Um, what they're supposed to be talking about on Friday, the eighth, centers around the original proposals from Bangladesh and from the African nations. And if if you come at this, you know, the way I think people should, this is a trade dispute. The smaller nations, the less wealthy nations, are unhappy that they were not able to get access to drugs and jams. So what they want is they want the nations of the global north, which, strangely enough, the way that was drawn in the 1980s, Australia and New Zealand are actually considered part of the global north because it really is wealthier nations, not you know developed nations, not developing nations. And, and so what they advocated for was they know that the director general can declare what's called a public health emergency of international concern, P-H-E-I-C, or FAKE. That goes all the way back to 2005. What they, what they proposed doing, this is Bangladesh and the African nations, was to give Tedros, the director general, the authority, the additional authority with these amendments to decide what products might be needed to um, lay out an allocation mechanism, and then tell nations that their manufacturers had to manufacture what he said and give it to the nations that he said to give it to. He would basically be in charge of distribution and logistics. And so what this proposal is really all about is a dictatorial, totalitarian, Marxist, communist, you know, control the means of production and distribution to ensure that drugs and jabs would be distributed to the people who, you know, he would get to determine needs them. Now, in order to facilitate that, Bangladesh proposed crossing out the words non-binding under the definition of a recommendation. Currently, a recommendation is defined as non-binding advice. But if they want Tedros to tell nations where to make and send products, it's not going to work if it's just advice, unless there's an enormous pile of money, and he can say, well, I advise you, here's a whole bunch of money um, to make what I say and go give it to them. And so those pieces of the puzzle, Article 13A, a new proposed amendments, and Article 44A, a new method of funding, um, they haven't touched these for the whole year that they've been negotiating. And the relatively poor nations have very diplomatically, but you you can see the steam under the collar starting to rise. They finally are going to have their day, if you will, um, on Friday, March 8th, they're finally going to get around to discussing that plan to put Tedros in charge of, you know, the means of production and distribution for quote unquote pandemic related products. Now your audience and you are probably going, why in the world would they want more drugs and more jabs? Well, It it stems from the fact that when South Africa and Botswana identified the Omicron variant, they did what they thought they were supposed to do and they handed over the genetic information, but they didn't get any of the profits. That information went to Pfizer and Moderna. They put it in the boosters, made a couple of more billion dollars. And if you can just understand how valuable a little data file with the genetic sequence in it could possibly be to these companies. Then you understand what it is they're really arguing about. It's not your health. It's a transfer of wealth from, you know, one group of organized crime to a bunch of little organized mobsters who who are trying to get organized. They want a piece of the pie. And it's got nothing to do with whether or not these jabs, stop infection or transmission no 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 they want geographical distri- geographically distributed manufacturing so that they can make their own and inflict them upon their own people and turn a profit on it all at the same time you know when you bring up the fake the
1: p-h-e-i-c that's just to explain it again it's the pandemic what does the h
0: stand for um, it's actually public health emergency oh. of international concern. But over a year ago, I woke up one morning and ringing in my head was a new acronym, the Pharmaceutical Hospital Emergency Industrial Complex. They're both fake. Yes, okay? But one is <laughs> one is enormous. and And so you know, essentially what this is is an attempt to get public money to be put into a big fund. So that they can distribute contracts to the people who are, you know, they want this to happen because there's gobs of money, you know, just waiting to be shared for people who have a seat at the table and you and I don't have a seat at the table.
1: Yeah, certainly not. And of course, who could forget when Tedros came out and declared that Marburg was one of these fake events? Uh, and of course, it was anything but. He even rejected the advice of people within the WHO itself and he went out full speed and yet faces absolutely no scrutiny from anybody in positions of authority or power to say anything how did you read that whole marburg experience was he was he outing himself at that point or were we realizing that just everyone seems to be in on the the big sting this big money grab that seems to be going on here
0: well i think in there you you, you mixed up your m's i think you're talking about what i call money pox okay <laughs> and and you know the threat maybe is the future um marburg um oh. i i called it money pox from day one, they had a tabletop exercise that had been done more than a year prior. And it named it almost to the day. The first case in England was a couple days early. The first case in the US was a couple days late. I, I know people who live in countries where you know monkeys are part of you know, their world. And they didn't get money pox. The money pox was only in the nations that actually have a lot of money and there aren't any monkeys running around. So where did it come from? Okay. Well, what it sets up is the opportunity to scare people. And there were plenty of videos of people, you know, New York City lining up, right, to get jabbed, to protect themselves from money pox. Um, it... it it must have worked. Right. And and so that is exactly the type of thing that they want to do over and over and over and over and over again. And when we get into talking about the other agreement, you can see how they want to set up an infrastructure with billions of dollars to be looking for. You know, my joke with anybody in, in Australia is you don't got to worry about disease X. you got to worry about disease K. Because maybe they'll find something from a kangaroo or a koala. And whatever they can find, wherever they can find it, if they can turn it into fear, they can turn that fear into money. And that's what we're really dealing with here.
1: And if you could just read it at that level and realise that it was nothing more than the great big uh, industrial medical complex to create fear, to create vaccine and to do it, and that there was no other motive there, you just realise that you're dealing with a bunch of crooks. But then, of course, there's the other side of the story and the the damages that uh, said cures. Uh, are creating, and that's the thing we'll deal with a little bit later, but in the meantime, we're going to go to our first break, but if you love a good documentary, then you'll love our special screenings. Uninterrupted Cinema features some of the latest or notable documentaries from the world's best filmmakers. You can check out TNT's website for more information, and they are coming up in fact in the next hour. Weekends are better when you spend them here with us, here on today's News Talk, TNT.
0: TNT's
2: Dean Mackin. What this is? It's a scheme that was proposing to help cover up to 40% of the cost of a home. The problem is, it wasn't just giving you 40%. And I wouldn't have liked that either unless they were doing it to everybody, in which case, what? who's paying for that, our grandkids? But no, it's a form of socialism with them owning that percentage of your house, or a percentage of your house, and you know, you gotta watch who you go in business with, who you go in partnership, and would you want to go in with a socialist government that advocates for that?
0: Dean Mackin on today's News Talk TNT The Lights is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper
1: spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles, and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk, and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. thelightpaper.co.uk
0: Today's News Talk Radio. Now we're
2: talking.
0: TNT.
1: One of the things that I hoped to find out post the COVID era would be the enthusiasm by people in authority, governments around the world, to find out the origins of the virus, given that even the FBI is insisting that it was 100% man made. But it's not the case. Instead, we get to talk about gain of function, almost as if COVID itself just happened to just walk out of a Wuhan wet market, out of a bat that some hungry person just ate, and therefore that's all it really is that we need to worry about. Money monkeypox, Marburg, disease X, whatever else you can come up with, all of which just happened to be around the corner with some poor animal bug, piece of grass, dirty air something where this particular virus comes from and of course gain of function well that's just there for scientific sport james it's just something that they do just to see how strong and smart they really are but what really is the story behind the story with the who and gain of function where are we today
0: well just so everyone can keep this compartmentalized what we talked about in the first segment was primarily um, their plan in the amendments to the international health regulations. And what I'm going to start talking about now is the other agreement, which it's gone by many, many names. Most people call it the pandemic treaty, but it's actually worse than a treaty. It's set up to be like a framework convention, like the framework convention for climate change. Now, why that's a problem is if they agree to agree, it almost doesn't even matter you know, what is in the actual document. There's plenty to worry about there. But if they agree to sign on to this, it would set up a brand new bureaucracy that would be meeting year after year after year after year. They they initially said they wanted a budget of $31 billion a year for pandemic prevention. Imagine how many contracts and, and how much corruption You know, that really could end up being the the issue is what they really want to start with is what's called One Health surveillance. Now, they have their One Health approach where they essentially say that all of the diseases to worry about, despite the simple fact, and um, David Bell did a wonderful job. Um, They they put out an article um, at Leeds University, I believe, showing how, um, pandemics are, and epidemics and outbreaks are actually becoming less and less and less even though they're hyping them up more and more and more. So what they want to do with this new agreement is put billions of dollars into a um, testing and searching out into your local bat cave, your chicken coop, your veterinarian's office, your pigsty, your horse barn, your, you know, your farm animals, your pets everywhere, not to mention the swab up your nose and any other orifice, hospitals that have um, antibiotic resistant um, pathogens. In the United States, you could do a search for the CDC and wastewater surveillance. They lift up a manhole cover and put a a dipstick in and test to see what's in the poo. They're even testing black water coming off of international air flights, whatever comes out of the the, um, bathrooms. Um, they're looking for pathogens. Now, as I mentioned earlier, one of the reasons is that potentially is enormously valuable. They're looking for pathogens with pandemic potential. Now, I had shared with you a list of 12 um, topics that are in the treaty. Anybody can go to stopthetreaty.org. And so, you know, we're down to number six, which Most people have probably never heard of it's something that they want to implement and it is the sticking point in their negotiations. They are having one hell of a time, getting the nations to agree to a pathogen access and benefit sharing system. When South Africa and Botswana identified Omicron, I mentioned this earlier Mm. and they passed it on, they didn't get any of the profits. And fool them once, maybe, full them twice, no way. They want there to be what they call um, standard material um, transfer agreements so that if they find a pathogen and they share it into what the WHO wants to start up, which is the WHO Coordinated Laboratory Network. So if you go and you find a pathogen and give it into the laboratory network, they've got to sign a contract that the benefits are going to be shared now if you go back to colonial times you know maybe like to the 1960s or so when larger nations would exploit the raw materials of developing nations whether it was oil and gas or iron ore or gold and silver or diamonds or gemstones or forestry products or whatever they would take the raw materials take them back to the home country, turn them into some sort of expensive manufactured product and turn an enormous profit. And it wasn't really shared with the nations that provided the raw materials to make that happen. Well, you know, the gold rush today is pathogens. If you go and if you think about it, anywhere there's poop, okay, you know, in a bat cave, yeah, maybe they're looking at the bats, but they're looking at the guano. In, in a chicken coop, they're testing the waste and the bedding. Uh, anywhere there's excrement, sewage treatment plant, septic system, so forth, they wanna put that through rigorous testing, trying to find a pathogen that has pandemic potential so they can bring it into the lab. And in article 24 of the latest draft, they wanna have a scientific committee be part of the pandemic agreement to oversee gain of function research. Now, you know, when I read it, I'm scratching my head going, wait a minute, um, you should be overseeing the not doing of gain of function research. What in the world are these people thinking? They wanna have the, you know, essentially a Wuhan Institute of Virology all over the place, looking for pathogens because this is a fantastically profitable market sector. They then want to speed up the regulatory approval. They want it to be harmonized, meaning if the FDA approves something or the European Union approves something, then all of the nations approve it. And the WHO has some pretty hefty fees to get on their emergency authorization list. I I published an article about that the other day. They want to have the WHO be in charge of a global logistics um, supply chain and logistics network. Tedros the other day at the World um, Government Summit let it out that the WHO in Dubai, just one of the regions, has a 20,000 square meter distribution hub. Just imagine the contracts that would have to be spread around to his cronies to fill a 20,000 square meter distribution point with pandemic related products. They don't want the you know the pharma to be um, liable for any of the harms. And they, you know, obviously they wanna be able to censor any information people are talking about that goes contrary to their fear mongering. So with everything I said, this is just a corrupt business deal trying to set up organized crime syndicate to take billions of dollars to build out big pharma in low income countries because they missed out on the jabs compared to the wealthier nations in the global north. And they see a profit margin. I I have an unfair advantage. When I watched the B20, which is the meeting of the business leaders from the 20 biggest nations in 2022 in November, the Indonesian health minister let the cat out of the bag. He knew that the United States was working on the pandemic fund with the World Bank. Now he's not a doctor, he's a former banker. And he was talking in November of 2022 to the business leaders. And he said, look, the United States and all these other nations, they have this multi-billion dollar fund. This is a great business opportunity, go invest. And that flipped the switch in my head And, you know, it's an age-old adage, follow the money. Well, they're trying to hide the money. They're arguing over the money. And it may be the case that greed from the global north is evenly matched with greed from the global south. And they can't figure out how to, you know, divvy up the pie, this toxic pie that they want to profit from. And so they're really stuck. On intellectual property, manufacturing know-how, um, you know, investment capital, and basically, pay, they don't want to pay for the information about the pathogens. And the nations who handed over the pathogens, they want to get paid. So, you know, you got to start watching, you know, mobster movies to to really understand what the heck is going on here. Um, you know, they're defending their turf. And they're trying to get a bigger piece of the big pharma pie built out all over the world. For what purpose other than to harm more people and make more money by treating the harms that the treatments cause? It it doesn't make any sense unless you're evil and greedy. And, you know, if you look at it from that perspective, you can see what's really going on in these negotiations. They're not not worried about your health. This is a big wealth transfer.
1: And yet again, there's another example of uh, following the money, and it's just the tip of the iceberg. James, is there any resistance at all to the current pandemic international health regulations and this proposed pandemic framework? Is there any resistance out there at all?
0: Well, all over the world, it's exact, absolutely enormous. Um, I'll give you and your listeners a little bit of an advance notice. Um, I'm still working on some of the um, different languages, but I've um, put out something uh, called exitthewho.org. Uh, the comment section doesn't work on that just yet, so forgive me, but you're getting a little bit of an advance warning. Uh, There are thousands, if not millions of people all over the world who are aware of this, are pushing back. And when you see just the extent of, you know, one article that's coming in the next day or so on my Substack, you can see a preview of it on exitthewho.org. There's people everywhere. And you're not going to find them in the mainstream news. (laughs) Okay. Um, You'll be lucky to find them even in the alternative news. And one of the things that I want to make sure people understand is you have to get your facts straight because what's been going on is since there's been many, many, many versions of the new agreement and they just had a meeting earlier today and they claimed that they're going to have a new edition, new version of the new agreement, the the framework convention, by Friday the 8th, whether they make it public or not remains to be seen. But there was a version in October and one in June and one in February and one in um, November and one in July the year before. So there's all these different versions floating around. So you have to be careful. If you listen to something that's old, you might be dealing with inaccurate information. Please don't listen to anything I say. Don't repeat what I say whenever I hear somebody ask me, did you hear what so and so said? Well, that's the definition of hearsay evidence. Now, one of the things that Ted trost the Director General, did almost a year ago now, is he publicly said, hey, if anybody has any questions about, you know, this treaty or these agreements, that they should ask. Well, what I'm encouraging everyone to do is to dig in to the actual documents until you find the first section of it, first page, paragraph, even you know one sentence. And if you have something to say about it, take that document, hold it up to the camera so that people can see that you're pointing to their documents. And then say whatever it is you have to say about them, and what you will find is that there are thousands of people around the world who are digging into this. They do understand what's going on, and they are speaking up about it. If you actually read through the documents, you're going to be infinitely more knowledgeable than any politician you ever talked to, because I can guarantee you they haven't read them.
1: You know, this is the thing, isn't it? That uh, it's like, as George Carlin told us many years ago, it's a big club and you ain't in it. It It's like we no longer have to read bills when we vote on them in Parliament. We (laughs) no longer have to worry about pandemic treaties, et cetera. But as long as there's a money grab somewhere, then as long as we line the pockets of those that feed us, this is all explaining a politician's point of view, it seems that that's all they're really into. I I can't help but think, though, that this looks like the greatest sting operation in history. The WHO and its cronies are desperate to sting the population of the planet (laughs) with their their evil, cunning, Dr. Evil, um, Batman villain type of plot. And at the same time, these people are walking into the greatest trap in history, that they are not accountable at the moment. They don't have to, as I said, read any of the bills. They just have to put their hand up and rubber stamp it. Does this provide you perhaps the sloppiness of their behaviour, that there is some optimism uh, that going forward that they are going to catch themselves out or be caught out at the same time?
0: Well, you know, desperate people make mistakes. And um, they are rushing this. They you know, most international agreements kind of plod along at a certain pace. And, you know, everybody's back and gets scratched and deals get made. And and to try to rush that um, is, is difficult. So they're having trouble. And, you know, I, I view it, you know, visually as kind of a house of cards, and the wind is blowing, and it's shaking. And everyone who steps up and pushes on it and blows on it, you know, tugs on it, Um, the cards are coming out. The whole thing is about ready to collapse. They have not been able to meet their deadline for the amendments. That's already a month past, and they're having great difficulty in even talking about what the vast majority of the nations came in saying that they wanted. This, you know, setting Tedros up as the um, dictator of all distribution. The other alternative is, you know, one of them is kind of communist, the other one is kind of fascist, where they want corporations um, to pay nations for their pathogens. Well, the pharmaceutical companies don't want to lose their money-making machine. And so they're having difficulty there. And I have a little tiny bit of experience that goes back 10 years ago, when may not mean uh, anything to people outside of the United States, But in um, about a decade ago, Obama signed us in to the Trans-Pacific Partnership, and they did that secretly. But then we, the people, found out about it and made such a ruckus that it was a toxic topic for any politician to talk about. There was no way it was ever going to have a chance in our Senate, and it was dead in the water When Trump came into office, he signed us out of it. And that, I think, is a testament to even with that one having been secretly signed and even senators and congresspeople were not given a copy of it. They had to go into a special secure facility. They couldn't take photographs. They couldn't even take notes. They could read it. And then they just had to remember what was in it when we the people learned what was in there. We made such a stink based on knowledge and awareness of the facts. And, you know, that's really all I've been doing for the last two years is pointing to their documents and saying, did you see that? Look at what they're doing.
1: You know, when you made that point there, James, about the... Uh, the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, and we're talking mm. about in the in the relation of countries being paid by corporations for their pathogens. Before you'd mentioned the TPP, my um, my radar detector went off and said, I think James is going to refer to the TPP here. Quite extraordinary. Mm. A little bit of a backstory. here in Australia. Our trade minister at the time, Andrew Robb, signed Australia on to the TPP, and the next day, James retired from politics. Altogether. Now, right. I, I cannot believe that you would sign your country up to something like that and immediately not resign your seat, not, not just um, stepping down, but to retire from politics and effectively affect a, a by-election is something truly extraordinary. And one wonders who puts these people up to these particular approaches. Now, we're going to have to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to come back for the final leg. And there is a whole lot more that James is going to deliver. Some of it good, some of it bad. And we hopefully will get his optimism in all of this as we discuss the WHO and the Pandemic Treaty and the International Health Regulations here on TNT
0: de-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective.
2: A prominent climate skeptic and really a brilliant, brilliant meteorologist, Dr. Rodin Matler, tweeted today that the idea that 2024 is going to be the warmest on record should be dismissed. Now, first of all, I never say things like that because when you look at the future, you know, it's an infinite system, a bunch of things are possible. But you've heard me reference on TNT, the rapid drop of temperature that's being forecast in the Indo-Pacific. That's the first thing. Second thing is if you go to CFACT, I show all this. And so it seems like Ryan is echoing the sentiments that i wrote about all right that's not to say ryan didn't come to this independent conclusion but the fact of the matter is that if it's not this particular year because the front of the year is going to be very warm if you take from this middle of summer coming up in the northern hemisphere will be winter in the southern hemisphere into the following year there could be a dramatic drop in global temperatures now you want to know something if there is a dramatic drop it's so what to me no one's really going to notice what's going on. The only value of the dramatic drop is you cannot explain just like you can't explain with the warming, that man is responsible for either one of them. So it opens up these other ideas, natural ideas, that we've been talking about. In any case, I keep looking at the cfsv 2 model and it's like it's painting the Pacific Ocean blue, which is exactly opposite where the Pacific Ocean has been for the last, what, 10 years? This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog, Meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather, it's the only weather you got.
1: Many pollution sources can affect the air you breathe. From power plants and vehicles to dust and wildfires. Knowing more about local air quality can help you protect your health. If you're thinking about buying an air sensor, EPA has a series of videos to help you get the most out of it. Learn how EPA collects and uses regulatory data, how EPA communicates health messaging, and how to interpret the readings from your sensor. Visit epa.gov air-censor-toolbox.
0: The intersection of information and conversation. Weekends with Jason Olborn on today's news talk, TNT. Welcome back to Weekends.
1: Now, if you saw the first hour of today's show, I interviewed praying medic Dave Hayes. We talked about Operation Warp Speed from the perspective that Trump knew what he was up against, knew that he would have to force errors instead of dragging out the process, perhaps, of lockdowns going for years and years and completely annihilating economies around the world. He introduces Operation Warp Speed, puts it on the medical profession, the scientists, the pharmaceutical companies to follow. And of course, they Cut corners. Well, if you fast forward from that stage, we're now here with James Roguski this hour, and we're talking about the 12 reasons to stop the treaty. And we're at point nine. And this is Article 14, it refers to specifically speeding up regulatory approval of drugs. James, the question is, do you think the WHO is going through a process of getting on the back of Operation Warp Speed, maybe thinking that they could leverage any any, um, disapproval of the COVID procedure, pin that one on Trump, but then leverage off it to say, we're just going to fast forward here and rush these drugs out into society? Or could it also be that they think that mRNA is this new future of medicine? Where do you think they're going in this process? And why is it that all caution is thrown to the wind at this stage?
0: if you look at this from the perspective of health it's not going to make any sense at all if you look at it from a business perspective and and you say well where did the profits have difficulty in coming into reality well we talked about a global distribution network So the WHO wants to set that up to make that smoother. That's really good for profit. The other thing that slowed things down was this difficult regulatory process. There's the FDA in the United States, Canada, United Kingdom, European Union, Australia, so forth and so on. The key word in Article 14, whether it remains in the next version or not, remains to be seen, but they want to harmonize the regulatory um, sharing of information so that essentially if one of the nations looks at a product and agrees to it, boom, everybody agrees to it in harmony. That was one of the places where they weren't all on board at the same time. Some nations approved this, some nations approved that, some didn't, some looked to the United States and did whatever we said. And and so the, I, I published an article, I think I mentioned this earlier, um, a couple of days ago, where um, Philip Krusa, who gave testimony to um, Senator Ron Johnson, in his um, full presentation, he talks about the fees that the WHO charges for accepting medications for emergency use. And so, you know, this is all about making money and make, the, you know, greasing people's palms and making things flow smoother. If you look at it from the perspective of where was their difficulty in making the profits really flow and you look at how they're negotiating, what they're negotiating, they want to have that global supply chain and logistics network all ironed out. They want to have the regulatory agencies just hand it right over. Now, you mentioned something earlier and it triggered a, a memory because almost a year ago now, maybe nine months or so. There was an interview in Aspen, Colorado, with three of the last secretaries of health and human services. One of the ones was Alex Azar, who was the secretary of health and human services during Trump's time. And he said very clearly that now this was only nine months ago, he said, oh, well, you know, the Department of Health and Human Services really wasn't engaged with this. This was a Defense Department operation. They only recently turned it back over to the Department of Health and Human Services. Now, I don't think most people in the world realize that. For three years, this was run by the United States Defense Department. Well, if you go back to what I said earlier about um, the Indonesian health minister in November of 2022, being aware that there was going to be this global pandemic fund with billions of dollars. He said that in November of 2022, in December of 2022, Congress passed the National Defense Authorization Act. That's money for the Defense Department budget. Biden signed it into law. And in that, we pledged, $5 billion over the next five years to the World Bank Pandemic Fund, along with a number of other nations, and in 2023, they handed out $350 million to 37 countries to start building out that infrastructure to have laboratories and genomic sequencing and go looking for pathogens. It's essentially biological warfare, research, development, and implementation the WHO would oversee the laboratory network. They, they're they arguing over how to sign the contracts to get paid for the pathogens. That's where they're stuck. But when you look at this, you scratch your head and you go, they're doing germ warfare in plain sight. Yeah. Wake up, people. Okay, this is World War III is biological warfare and terrorism in the form of fear mongering. Because if they find a pathogen with pandemic potential lying under a rock somewhere, it doesn't matter if no one was ever sick or no one would ever died from the disease. They can concoct a story, make it seem far worse, turn it around in a, you know, a couple of weeks, maybe turn it into a jab and claim that they have to jab everybody up. Now, They'll probably make it, you know, voluntary slash mandated slash coerced slash be very afraid. Z X is going to get you. And a lot of people will fall for the propaganda. And then they'll be able to say, see, we saved you from the next pandemic. Well, it wasn't going to be a pandemic, but the hype and the fear mongering, I mean, they are by definition terrorists. Mm. They work to put terror into the general populace. Mm. And it's that fear that makes people do things, you know, fear of losing your job, fear of dying, fear of making granny get sick or whatever it might be. You know, in the United States, you know, the, the Star-Spangled Banner is our national anthem. And the last line in the first um, part of it is we're supposed to be the home of the free and the land of the brave. Mm. And if we don't find that courage uh, and bravery to stand up to fear, um, they will do it again and again and again and again and again. And they're just basically trying to pass an international agreement to put their criminal cartel into a legally binding agreement where nations are taking tax money or debt money and throwing it at big pharma to manufacture the next pandemic. That's why they can tell you it's not a question of if, it's a question of when, because whenever they want to crank up their profits, they'll just find something to scare you with.
1: Yes, indeed. Now, you also mentioned Article 15, the failure to hold big pharma liable for harms. What's the the background to this?
0: Well, you know, that goes all the way back to the 1986 um, vaccine um, act in the United States. Uh, Erase the blackboard of your mind and, and, and just stop for a moment and ask yourself, would you even remotely think of advocating or lobbying members of parliament to pass legislation that said that you could harm people by your work and you're not liable for any harm. Nobody could ever sue you, and you could just do whatever and make as much money as you want and never be harmed. Well, how in the world has legislation or contracts been put into place? Who ever gave government power to say that a select group of people are not subject to the law that protects other people from harm? Well, when laws are corrupted, criminal activity is actually legalized. And so if you go back almost a century and, you know, you have the mobsters, you know, from the roaring 20s, if they could have gotten their activity legalized and made it be that whatever they were doing did not have any punishment, there was no disincentive. Um what could criminals get away with? And so what has happened is the criminals have realized that we, the people are not paying close enough attention to the laws that they are lobbying for, and they've passed laws, you know, for decades to make their activities protected. So you know, our, our legal system is corrupt beyond belief. And what people need to do is to realize that your local government official, your local health official did not need amendments to the international health regulations, and they did not need a new treaty to abuse you over the last four years, take away your rights and your freedoms, your little local dictator tyrant had everything they needed to convince you through the media and brute force, right? Laws are basically enforced through power. And so the battle will always be local. The WHO doesn't care about you. They've got bigger fish to fry. They've got billions to make. They want to be in charge of the distribution network and the flow of money. If your local officials point to the WHO and say, well, they said, I have to do this to you. Each of us individually have to understand that they don't have that authority. They never did. They never will, unless they can hypnotize you into believing that your common sense should be thrown out the window and that you should do what they say just because they say so. And so the battle will always be local. These criminals at the international level are trying to set up an organized crime syndicate to make billions of dollars because a lot of them didn't get cut in on the deal. And they want a piece of the pie. And that's what these negotiations are really all about. The local battle, each and every nation and and province and state and city and, you know, the the little tiny tyrant, it could be, you know, the person who wouldn't let you come into the store and buy food. They are the ones that we have to communicate with of how wrong everything was over the last four years. Whatever they say in Geneva or in New York at the United Nations, um, it's irrelevant. We have rights To do what we want with our body and we have a right to live a life where people cannot restrict us if we don't do what they say that we have to do to our body Mm -hmm. and until each individual person finds the courage to stand in their truth they'll keep tricking people you know i forget who it was you know you can fool some of the people all of the time it seems but you can't fool all of the people all of the time And so wise up, get informed, spread the word, work with the willing, organize the people who don't need to be convinced. We'll never convince everybody. We just need enough people who understand, work together, organize what your efforts are. Um, Been trying to do that for two years and I really feel that it's coming together. People all around the world are are waking up in a big way. you know, I'm I'm optimistic and I think everyone else should be, but it doesn't just happen. Mm. So, you know, take take the link to this recording, share it with everybody, you know, get people tied in, get them all connected. And I always give my phone number so anybody can reach me in the United States. I'm in California, uh, 310-619-3055. You can text me, call me, use Telegram, Signal, WhatsApp or whatever. I'm happy to answer any questions people might have. All of the information is on jamesrogusky.substack.com. Thanks for the opportunity to share this with your audience.
1: Once again, James, it's, uh, it's it's a privilege, a thrill to be able to get you on and support the work that you do for all of us and reading between the lines of what you said there, and unfortunately out of time, is that you believe that there will be no way that any authority anywhere will force any medicine into your arm without your say-so. And I think that that provides us with enormous relief to know that compulsory medicine, no matter how hard they try, cannot be done to you that should give you enormous relief now you can get on the front foot do what James said check out his, web, his uh, website jamesrogarski.substack.com we've got to go to news cinema after this thanks for watching weekends with me here on TNT